Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Lack of Depth Football Podcast, or should I say what's left of me, Kyle Began, and ultimately the Lack of Depth Football Podcast. You may have been wondering where the podcast was yesterday, why it wasn't recorded in its usual Sunday night way and, and put, put up in its usual 5pm on Monday way, and I, 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 in one sentence, I can say, I have never been so drunk in my life. Uh, I've been on a diet recently, so I haven't been drinking beer. But uh, on Saturday, I decided to treat myself to a few beers. I then went to my friend Nathan's uh, leaving party where they had a tab and I didn't have to pay for the beer. It was just, it was just there. And yeah, I I was drunk all day Saturday and all day Sunday. <laughs> and so take this week's analysis with a pinch of salt. I'm now almost fully recovered this this fine Monday afternoon. And, I, and I'm going to be giving you, as usual, uh, an update in my league performance, my rank, uh, a team update, uh, how the, uh, how the uh, Big, honk, Big Honkers FC is getting on. And then, as usual, my rising and falling stocks of game week three. And there's a lot to cover. So I'll move over to the usual side. I think the usual side is this side. So I'll move there and then give you guys my, my chat about my league performance and my team. Let me get it off of my phone so we're all looking at the same shit. All right. So here we are. Big Honkers FC still top. But as you can see from the numbers, it makes for some tough reading. So I'm in I'm in pole position. This is my team. I made two transfers this week. I was nice and tactical. So I took Romero out, who wasn't going to play for injury, for Saliba initially. Kept Aitnuri for that game day, even though I said I wasn't going to. And then after he played, so I managed to get the, the squeeze the one point out of him. I uh, took him out for Kukurea so that I could get his zero points as well. So I would say minimal blanking, disappointing and sod. I'll get into that as we get into the stocks, but like not terrible, I think is, is a fair way to, to frame it. I'll, I'll go into more depth on the kind of individual performances and what I'm thinking in a minute, but we should also highlight that there are some players on my ass, on my ass. There are, oh no, I don't swear anymore. There are some players just breathing down my neck. There are some players breathing down my neck. So if we go to the mighty web spew, ran by a manager named Andrew McAvenue, I'm sure you're familiar. Uh, this man, I think he's used 45 transfers in the three weeks so far. You can see he's made three this week. So he's made the most transfers every week since the beginning. Um, This week, it was Romero out for Dyer, which was a move that I didn't love. I thought was all right. Then Neto out for Harrison, which ultimately worked out. I don't know. I personally... Wouldn't have advised it on the channel, given I'm not sure, even if you don't think Chelsea are as good as they were last year, I'm not sure bringing in 
seven point four million winger to play against Chelsea is the best use of, you know, what I mean the 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 uh, our valuable transfers, but it paid off, and then he brought in Haaland and Kaz and Tim again, so. That's who's in second place. And the reason why I've brought it up uh, and, and uh, with, with so much concern is that, as you can see from this, I don't have Van Dijk. I don't have Allison. They are both yet to play. And so if they keep a clean sheet, it's not looking good for the honkers, is it? But I think... The decisions I've made, I always say this in the channel, you've got to make peace with your decision-making. And I think not predicting Haaland to do that well, he only scored one goal and it was a tap-in on the line. Not predicting Haaland to do that well against Newcastle uh, as, as a kind of, as a, and not predicting Newcastle to score three goals against City is, is a prediction that I'm willing to live with. And bringing in Kukurea to play Leeds instead of Harrison to play Chelsea is a pick that I think if I put it to Sky FF Twitter, uh, 100% of managers we make. So I, I made my piece with that. Now, this is the team that really grinds my gears. <laughs> my, gre my gears have seldom been grinded the way they are grinded by Mr. Asher Throne. Look at this team. Look at this team. It's a joke. It's a it's a mockery of the game. <laughs> Look at this team. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay, it's actually really good. But can you imagine how annoyed you'd be if someone, if you had a Sky Fantasy, if you had a Sky Fantasy podcast and someone who has never played the game a day in their life, who brought in Rodrigo because they scored a goal in the first week and it was the only forward they could afford that had scored, right? Was about to overtake you. If someone who owned Joe Linton was about to overtake you in Sky Fantasy, how would you feel? How would you feel coming onto your podcast, talking to your 15, 16 fans and looking them dead in the eyes and saying, yes, I told everyone to bring in Kukurea and he got zero points. And this man brought in Joe Linton and is about to do better than me. <laughs> so, yeah, Jimbo Freeman's deed in web spew could well be overtaking Big Honkers FC. But always make peace with your decision-making process because that will be the thing that will make you win the league. The league is the whole season, remember? So people will get lucky. People will make bad picks and get points off them and you'll make good picks and not get points off them. But generally, the person who makes the most good picks will always beat someone who's relying on kind of panic pick and luck and using tons of transfers. And so generally, always try and make peace with your decision-making regardless of the outcome of the match because football is such a low-scoring game that you know basing any kind of logic on the outcome of every match is uh well first of all it'll probably drive you insane but i was i was literally too drunk to be entirely aware of the football games i was watching all weekend so again pinch of salt 
to now go into just my team and my plans going forward and my, my potential weaknesses. Ramsdale, as you can see, I've been talking about it for weeks now. I have now gone double Arsenal at the back. As per my uh, Romero replacement video, this is only until game week seven when I'm planning on doing a bit of a rejigging. But I don't think I will actually have to move Saliba to Zinchenko because he's played so well so far. And I think three games, that sounds so stupid, three games is a much better sample size than two games. And so Saliba having started and played well in three matches, with Ben White also playing really well as the right back outside of him, I think... Saliba is also the best one-on-one -on -one defender of the three of them. And so I just think, I think with the kind of tactical fluidity and the way they want to play and the fact that Ben White is, has, has shown both for England and now for Arsenal that he is, you know, um, elite in that right-back spot. He's, he's, a, he's a great passer of the ball. He's a really, really good passer. He's assured in the ball. He wins his duels. I really like Ben White. I think that was a good signing for them. And I think now that you're seeing what 50 million gets you in centre-backs in terms of your Martinez's and so on and so on, I think Ben White, especially at the age that they got him for, I think that's a good a good deal. Or at least in retrospect, it looks like one. Um, but, well, now. But yeah, so I'm pretty happy. Now that I've got Saliba, obviously we all know after game week seven, I'm bringing in Pope. That's what well, I'm doing. Henderson to Henderson to Pope. I might just do that. That I might only that might be my only kind of edit. Uh, so yeah, Ramsdale's here for the meantime because I've gone double Arsenal because their their upcoming fixtures are Fulham, Villa, Man United, which is their bottom of the league. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not shitting myself for that one. Um, Everton, Brentford. And then, is it Tottenham, Liverpool, and then I take them out? Or is that after? Ooh. No, I think the last one's Brentford for me. So, yeah, the five games, not including that one just gone, is Fulham, Villa, Man U, Everton, Brentford. I've got double, I'll have double Arsenal for all of those and be in the pub praying for a clean sheet. Um, as it happens, uh, as the games go on. Uh, next we have Dyer, who's now moved over to the leftmost side of my defence, meaning he is the, the longest standing member of the big honkers back line. Dyer, I, I enjoyed that he got past his tears. I thought that was good because they did look a bit hounded and unsettled in that game. It wasn't the win that I was really hoping for, especially with the amount of Spurs I attackers I have I've been very disappointed in Spurs so far I think yeah I have I've been disappointed in how he looked against Chelsea I was disappointed in this match because they are so much better all over the park and like players like Son haven't got a shots tier since game week one when he got shots tier one and Harry Kane's only getting three headers from corners, and those are the only goals he's scored so far this season. So that's really, really worrying. Um, I'm planning on keeping them. Um, we've seen now that Nottingham Forest are a team that know how to be organised in defence, so I'm, I'm not expecting them to get absolutely turned over by Spurs. But in terms of games, I've got Nottingham Forest, 
uh, West Ham and Fulham to decide what I want to do with my Spurs players. But I imagine I'll probably keep Dyer, especially while Romero's out. I think that's an all right pick. Uh, and um, I, I might have to go down to one Tottenham attacker instead of two after those fixtures because the fixtures... Well, I suppose after Man City, it's Leicester who I get. I could see Spurs scoring five against. But I also could see Spurs scoring five against Southampton and Wolves. And these things haven't happened. Well, to be fair, they did score four against Wolves, but that was a Kulosevsky cool masterclass, and I don't own him. Uh, next up, Cancelo. Uh, I captained him. He got two points. That was my biggest loss of the game week by a mile. Uh, everyone who had Haaland got that goal. I got nut, and they conceded three goals. So his passes, tears two, only got me two points. Captain Dum got up to four points. I like how the season's shaking out for Cancelo. It's looking like he's going to be the nailed City player when we get to these uh, 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 European weeks where they're playing twice a week. Uh, it was very important and crucial to me that Pep said that Haaland will not be playing every game when this the schedule gets like that. And obviously it was very telling that Haaland was describing his reasons of going to Man City and he said that he enjoyed that Pep rested players when they were ready for the match because he understands his own injury history and he likes the notion that it's a place where that will be kind of respected and, and watched out for. So I think all of these things together, I think Kane Cancelo... If you're going for kind of one and one, I think Kane Cancelo is is definitely looking like the the long term setup that you want to have. And as someone who has already had to use transfers for injury and owning a Wolves player <laughs> and stuff like that, I I am I, I I'm definitely not like uh uh looking to keep rotating for for like for as long for as long and as long and as long. Um, Saliba watching that Arsenal game I've never felt joy like it I am very much in love I have a great life lovely relationship with my family uh, great great friends I've never cared about anyone the way I cared about him in that moment <laughs> 17 points for 7.4 million that's value what is it? Starting 11 plus two, love to see it. Goals, brackets one, love to see it. Seven points. Clean sheets, plus five. Passes tier, guess which passes tier it is? Passes tier two. 7.4 million. Dry your eyes, Jack Harrison, mate. <laughs> right, so that's Saliba, who I'm now going to keep forever. I'm never getting rid of him. He could get injured and he'll stay. Saliba, core. And everyone I told to own Saliba at the start of the season, even though I didn't own him, I owned Ait Moody instead. Get on it, boys. Get on it. Next up, we have Kukurea. I needed him because I need to captain. We talked about this in the last video. I need someone to captain that Chelsea game day so I don't have to captain Paulinho. I'm going to captain Kukurea. It's almost definitely going to start that match. He said that Chilwell wasn't entirely fit. Although, what always does make me feel anxious about stuff like this is that there's a much... I talked about this uh, about Kamara after the first game. It always makes me feel nervous 
about rotation. I'm always more nervous about rotation if a team puts out a really dismal performance because the coaches are more likely to be clutching at straws and erratic. And I, I do think, I do think Thomas Tuchel's got got a kind of timer ticking down. I said he was a better defensive coach than attacking coach, but just how out of ideas their attacking players look. And I just think without Reese James bombing forward and just making a goal, which is the only reason they, they drew with Spurs, even though they were much better defensively in that match, they still, in terms of ideas going forward, Sterling has a real killer's intuition about him, but in terms of creating for him, it's not it's not Premier League winning quality, and they're spending Premier League, Champions League winning money. And so I I expect that Tuchel is now under a lot. Tuchel's in hot water, basically. And a manager under hot water could all he might change the formation. We never know. That being said, Kula Bali getting a red card. Kukurea can play left centre back as well. So he probably will do that in the next game. But they signed him because they think he can play both. He's a great defender. He's diligent. And he that means he's probably going to get passing tiers in the game, which I need to captain him as well, which is really encouraging. He's normally quite disciplined. He doesn't get a lot of yellow cards, even though he got one in this game. So all, everything together, I'm, I'm excited about that pick long term. So I think I could have him. For I probably won't have him that long because when Shellwell's up and firing again, I don't really want someone who's going to play one in every two. To go back to my thing. Next up, we have Human Son, who may or may not be in the stocks falling section. I'm about to do right. Human Son, speak to me. Two points. Looked really uninspired. He looked like he was being marked by Reese James again, in all honesty. It just... Spurs just don't look the same. I know I'm saying that after they've just won, but I think I think teams are defending them in a different way. I think teams are defending them like they're playing Man City now, and because they want to play in the counter-attack, it's, the goals just aren't coming, and hopefully they work that out. Because if they do work it out and the goals do start coming, having Son will, will be an amazing differential for me. But yeah, in terms of what I said earlier, I've got I've got four more game weeks of Son and then we'll, we'll see from there what decision I want to make. Kamara tackles tier two in a difficult game where his team were not able to hold on the ball anywhere near long enough to go passing tiers. Uh, the only thing that I might be worried about is that again with, if Tuchel's in hot water, Gerard's in boiling water. Because the team, I don't like, I like the system. I don't think he has the players for it. I don't think that attacking fluidity that he had at Rangers in terms of players that are, that are kind of interchangeable and can all chip in with goals and, and movement, chaos, getting goals, stuff like that. I don't think... I don't think the system he wants to play is necessarily best for any of the players. And I think that's really scary for for someone who who's managing a team that spent as much money as he has. Obviously, the Diego Carlos injury is gutting uh, for Aston Villa. But yeah, I think what rooting for... I was watching this game rooting against Gerard because... I think Vieira has has done a much harder job and done it much better 
and I like to see good management win out, and and I think he 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 absolutely won the the, the thoughts of this game. He just the the pressure they put them under, they, they couldn't play any football. It, it, Villa were very difficult to watch in this game, and uh, and and Zaha and Palace to get to get all of them just looked excellent. Eze on the left of a midfield three looks amazing. Eze on the left of a midfield three looks exceptional. I'm not sure if it will necessarily translate to uh, fantasy points because he's a very progressive ball carrier. He's a good dribbler. He can hold up the ball. He can find someone. But I'm not sure. He's not really flooding the box. He's not taking lots of shots, things like that. And you do want goal scorers if you're going to pick someone uh, hoping for an attacking outlet. He's not really likely to get passes or tackles to yours either. Uh, actually, just while we're on the subject of tears, someone messaged me asking if they should pick Jorginho uh, this week. Don't pick Jorginho. He, when all the Chelsea midfielders are fit, which albeit they aren't right now, he isn't nailed. He's not amazing. And he's not nailed for the tears the same way that someone like Rodri is, albeit... Um, Jorginho is a bit less expensive than Rodri, but for eight million you can get like uh I think all of the defenders in last week's videos, so like a Collins, a me, uh Romero, uh Max Kelman's eight million as well. He's definitely like the, the I would say he's the better of the two centre backs, but Collins was was very good against Spurs, as the announcers constantly said. So I, I would say any of those defenders from last week's videos. He's the same price as Zinchenko. So if you don't have him going for Jorginho, it's really weird to me as well. Mm. So yeah, I would I would just stay um stay diligent and stay mindful of that on second. Right, phone on do not disturb. Who's next? Paulinho. I said at the start of the season. He's, he's big, isn't he? And so dominant team, they need to score goals from set pieces. They know that. And he's one of the tallest players in it. And so you combine that with someone who was one of the best tacklers in Europe last season, and you've got an excellent enabler, enabler for 6.6 million. And it's certainly looking that way. Five, one, and nine, and three for 6.6 million. That's probably good for anyone. Not a, not a, not like Salah levels of good, but, you know, if, if you had someone who was getting nine points in every three games and five points in the rest of them, you'd, you'd probably, you would, you would seldom imagine taking them out. So yeah, Palina, great performance. Uh, is his next match against Arsenal? Oh, he'll get tackles, tears and that, no bother. Especially with how much Arsenal are relying on quick passes through the middle of the field. Palina, my prediction right now is Palina gets four points in that game. He will get passes, tackles tier two, and a yellow card. That's my Palinia prediction. I also think the thing we might have to watch out for with Palinia is that he'll be amazing, but he'll also, like, when you're there to, like, interrupt play and get physical and tackle people, and that is your entire job, and you're doing it for a team that's going to be under pressure the way that Fulham is, he's probably going to get a yellow card in every game, which means he's going to miss, like, one in ten or whatever. I forget what it is. I think it's six, and then he gets suspended. So... Uh, how many yellow cards does he have so far? Two two yellow cards in three games. So we might have him for 10, 10 weeks yet. But yeah, very happy with my enablers this week. Salah, I've captained him tomorrow. Well, tonight, he's the only player I've got playing. 
Uh, I'm trying to think if I've got any other thoughts with it. I'm not stoked. Having watched them play, the way they played about against Palace, the way they played against Fulham, I'm, I'll do a poll on Twitter or something, and then I'll, I'll see if I can edit it in here. I won't be able to, because if I put it up now, the video will be out before the poll's done. Do you think Salah looks the same, the same beast, as it were, as he was last season? He scored one goal, but that was quite lucky. I don't know if he's going to score a thousand goals tonight, and that makes me look like a right idiot because he always plays well against Man United. It's like the, the team he has the best record against. But I personally, in terms of the eye test, everyone playing the same amount of games, the premiums I think look the best are Cancelo, De Bruyne. Haaland. They all play for Man City. <laughs> Not sure if that's actually that interesting a statement. And then I would actually say Nunes. I think when Nunes plays, I wouldn't mind having him as a differential to Salah, especially in a game where you get points for how many shots they take on target. If you just got a few of them on target, you'd get shots to your six. It would be all right. Um, but yeah, that is the end of my midfield section. And then to touch on my, my two up front, Jesus uh, once again looked electric. We were unlucky not to get the goal. Again, we celebrated that in the pub. So, um, yeah, Jesus, we were unlucky not to get the goal. And then came, we got we got the goal. And I, I'll probably have both of them. With the fixtures coming up, I'll have both of them for a month and then I'll make a decision. Because with the Haaland rotation imminent and the fact that Haaland's backup is so, so capable, uh, I do view working out what to do with Son is kind of my main issue at the moment, rather than trying to run a perfect two transfers every week rotation of Haaland and Kane. So, yeah. There's also only one rotation option left before they start playing every every um, game on the same day. So, if you've not hopped on so far, you could probably hold off hopping on just yet. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't hop on to Haaland. Uh, the Newcastle game didn't excite me. And if it, that game happened a thousand times, I still wouldn't hop on to Haaland because I think City can score against anyone, don't get me wrong. But in a game week that I've already used two transfers, anyone playing against Newcastle isn't coming in. I really do rate their defence. That's why I don't shut up about Pope, even though I don't own him. Uh, so, yeah. And that's the end of this section. Um, yeah. I'll now have a sip of coffee and move into the middle for a rising stock section. Um, actually, let's try something different. I'll, oh, should we? Should we try something different? I'm trying to think of how, how I should show it. Is it better to have like Perisic face here when I'm here and talk about him? Or like me in a little box with some Perisic face stats when I talk about him? Or maybe I'll just talk. Hello and welcome back to the Stocks Rising, Stocks Falling part of the same podcast you've just been watching and you don't know how long I've been away. I could have just been away for a sip of coffee. I could have been away for days, days and just returned in the same clothes, looking virtually the same, same glasses with my hair parting in the same way. To continue with the, to continue with the football analysis, Perisic was really good this week. He was really effing good this week. And it was annoying because I said on last week's podcast that he was like 65 and an old man. 
Yes, yes. This is the analysis that you, you can only get on the Lack of Depth Football podcast. But yeah, Perisic got 13 points. Even more encouragingly for Sky, he got tackles tears. Uh, the European football doesn't start for another couple of weeks. So it's looking like it's Perisic time. Anyone waiting to hop on Perisic, do it now. Wolves are my stocks rising, number two. Back to five at the back. Love it. Back to five at the back. Look the same. All the players playing their best. This is the best Wolves have looked all season, and they're doing it against someone that some people have predicted to finish second in the league this year. So I think anyone owning a Wolves defensive asset, even though I did and still sold Aint Nuri, I sold Aint Nuri because he was a rotation risk. But I think Collins... Oh, actually, that's quite interesting. Now they've reverted back to the five back. Are they nailed for passing tiers the same way they were last season? I don't know. We're gonna have to watch that. But I would say for I would say it's still got their stock up because fundamentally, I said this last week as well. When you bring in a defender, the main the main thing you should be thinking about is are they going to keep clean sheets? It's the main way defenders get points, and they're more likely to get them now. So that's why they're in the stock rising section. Uh, begrudgingly, Rodrigo's stock has risen again. I don't know what his price is now on FPL, probably around 9 million. He's the top scorer in the Premier League. And he has the most points of any forward. He's played the same amount of games as Haaland and he has more points than him. That's not like man of the match points. That's because he scored four goals <laughs> in three games. It's obscene. It is tempting, but to to quote myself, it's a new bass pick. <laughs> it's a it's it's not gamers gonna game, right? And and until I see like Dan Cox on Twitter owning Rodrigo, that'll change my mind. But for right now, people hopping on R- Rodrigo, you don't have my respect. <laughs> Kane, no, sorry, next is Tony. Tony's stock is up. Could he be must-own once the European games come around? This is because I was watching a channel named Fantasy Manager Weekly. I'll link it down below. It's a guy, Welsh, very charming, and he makes kind of much more bite-sized than mine, content about FPL. Most of the content I consume, actually, is about FPL because if I put this up on the screen, you'll see I'm objectively terrible at that game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just bad at predicting who scores and I'm more of a passes and tackles person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know why I'm top of my league and rank well consistently at Sky. And then I apply my same logic brain to FPL and literally anyone is better than me. I'm terrible at that game. So, yeah, I watched content about that, and he made a very interesting point about just how congested the games are going to be from now until the World Cup starts, once the European games are on. And in his mind, not my words, obviously this is for FPL as well, so it's just kind of measuring goal scoring and goal contributing and then clean sheets as well, but to a lesser extent, especially when you're talking about players like Ivan Tony. But he said that to him, the best option outside of the top six is Ivan Tony. I'd say it's on FPL, is it not? I would maybe say Trippier. Because when their fixtures turn, I'm hopping on Pope. You don't get saves tiers on Thing Me, so why not own Trippier? 
I don't know why I'm arguing with him now as if he can reply, but he's not interested in Trippier. He's interested in Ivan Tony, and he could be must own once European games come around. I, I think you. Mm, I'm a bit. I don't love it. I don't love it, especially with how well Mitrovic is playing so far, and their fixtures are kind of good. Players like that are more enticing to me because they're, 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 there's more value there. Ivan Tony on. Sky is just a little bit too expensive, in my opinion. For a team with, if you look up his expected data, he doesn't have particularly outstanding expected data. And that's much more reflective of the team around him and that they do struggle in certain games to create chances. So, yeah, my uh, Brentford picks are seldom attackers. And uh, I've said seldom three times in this podcast. Uh, And then Kane, uh, his stock's rising because he scored again. And Pep said Alvarez and Haaland will be rotated once the fixtures get intense. So it's looking like if you've got Kane now, it might be worth just holding on to him until we see how things are going to be. Trippier, is he the pick of the Newcastle defenders? I said this a few weeks ago, if I don't go for Pope, like say I want to keep Ramsdale, I would take Dyer or Romero or someone out for Trippier because the centre-backs are not likely to get passing tiers. And... Dan Byrne now playing left back could be rotated with target. Botman playing left centre back could be rotated with Byrne. So the only nailed one really is Shar, who plays on the right hand side of that, but is arguably the worst the worst of the three, or at least kind of by the fans' eye, they feel like Dan Byrne and and and, and um Dan Byrne and Botman should certainly be playing. Dan Byrne for I guess his influence in the team and the impact he's already had. He's already he's already become a bit of a leader there. But I think Shul Shar and his his performances have really raised. So I think you could go for any one of those three. But I'd probably go for the ones in the centre-back spot. I think uh, Byrne, because he's already been displaced, like Byrne's already been moved, I think he's most likely to be rotated. Uh, especially because his, tar- his backup is so exceptional. And that target, who I think is just excellent. Really well-rounded fullback. Um. So yeah, I'm going Pope, but if I was going for a defender, none of them are going to get passes or tackles tiers. And if they do get tackle tiers, it'll be like random. So there's, there's no point kind of hanging your hat on the hope of them getting tackle tiers for any of them. So I would probably bet on Trippier's attacking output and the point he, points he'll get from assists and goals massively outscoring the bonus points of the other defenders. And so when you include that they'll all get the clean sheet points when they get clean sheets together, I think he's probably the best option. Albeit the most expensive, but 7.8 million for a, a, a defender and a really quality defence isn't so so pricey after all. I've then got Saliba, who I'll never shut up about the man. Saliba, goal-scoring form, another Arsenal clean sheet. Nailed, question mark? Good question. Possibly. He's not going to be rotated next week, is he? He played like Messi. He's, I've said it a few times, he's the best defender of the three of them. And yeah, it was nice to see them get past his tiers as well because Arsenal can be flip, flip floppy in that way. Um, But yeah, uh, in terms of going forward, I, I, I don't see why hopping on to Saliba should be a, a, anything any of us are scared of. And so I would encourage someone to do that if they had, say, an 8 Uri still or someone in that kind of price bracket, or they were 
who did who could they have or they have Dan Byrne and their immediate fixtures aren't amazing or something like that you could always bring in Saliba for them I've then begrudgingly got Harrison because I called him a noob pick earlier I think picking him to play against Chelsea is something that we don't recommend on this channel if you know what I'm talking about smart people but Harrison has the fourth most points of any midfielder good in it and the thing is with the Harrison pick in comparison to a Rodrigo pick is that Harrison has always been good Every when whenever Leeds are performing Harrison is performing and if Leeds aren't performing Harrison's the one scoring the goal that's going to keep them from getting relegated at the end of the season and so he's a much more reliable both through expected data and through his, if history has taught us anything is that the consistent and less risky pick is Harrison over Rodrigo he also gets more points for a goal, but he's more likely to get an assist than he has a goal. And Rodrigo will be playing as the nine for, for at least the next while. But yeah, Harrison is certainly something to think about because he has... Let me just quickly bring up his, his points history. Transfers. Sort everyone by points. Yeah, so there's Harrison. 13 points this week, 6 points last week, and 4 the week before. So miles off uh, a blank, really. You know, it's, it's 7.4 is enabler price. Enabler price. And so, yeah, I recommend it. I don't recommend picking him, but I think uh, if you've got if you've still got Neto, I think he's probably a better option because Leeds have looked way more fluid in attacking and, and, and fluid and well-coached and considered and I want to say violent they're cutting teams open and I like that and I think uh, to juxtapose the violence of Leeds I think Neto's playing in a team that looks relatively toothless at the moment so yeah that's something to consider and then Zaha is playing the best football of his life I know a lot of people think about Zaha as this kind of mid-table person the football that Zaha is playing at the moment is elite he has never played as well as he is playing this season. And if you can get him in, when the fixtures are good, you absolutely should. You absolutely should. I've watched him play every game this season. He is amazing. He he looks brilliant. He will massively outperform Bowen this season, who's more expensive than him. He looks like Bowen looked last season. And so that's my other prediction, is that Zaha will consistently be very good this whole season. I think his connection with Eze down that left-hand side, will completely overwhelm even the best defences because Eze is so intelligent. He's playing with such a confidence and such a freedom to drag people out of position. Uh, you really saw in the Villa game that it, it took two players to stop him and he was he had the intelligence and the awareness to play the pass when he was getting double teamed. And I just think, I don't think Zaha's ever been partnered with someone that complements his in-behind running just as well as that, right behind him on that left side. And so that just sounds like hell to me. It really does. I think Vieira has created like a, a genuine monster in the pair of them. And so I think, yeah, my 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 eye test, my advice for Zaha is if you have been thinking about it, I highly recommend. Someone in my league captained him against Villa. I never captained someone that, I don't want to say random because I don't think Villa defend very well. And I think because they're not, they are incapable of implementing the system that Gerard wants to play. It's just not the player base for it. And so because they aren't, they're kind of, 
what's the thing with the clutch in the car? They're kind of false starting or not starting or they're not playing. What's the thing with the clutch? They're stalling at the start line. That's what it is. At the very start of every game, they stall at the start line and an aggressive team like Crystal Palace can just come out and eat them like a wolf. And that's what that game looked like. And so I, I don't think it was ridiculous, but generally with me, I like to captain people that I know are sureties. And so I generally captain premiums when I can. And so I captained Jesus over Zaha. I captained Jesus at Bournemouth over Zaha Villa. And I, I would do that 10 times out of 10. Like the thing I said, make peace with your decision-making. That's how I make decisions. And that's how how things are always going to be. <laughs> um, To move into our stocks falling. Son has no goals so far. There's only a few stocks falling, but Son is definitely one of them. It just, he looks a bit uninspired this season. I don't know if he's tired. It looks a bit laborious. The team looks the team looked better when Richarlison played there instead of him, which which is embarrassing given the, the quality that Son's capable of. I'm still going to keep him for a few weeks. But when you're considering the fact that I'm missing out on uh, Liverpool uh, defence points, al- although that hasn't hurt me so far that well, I can't, not, I can't rely on Liverpool not keeping any clean sheets for the whole season and that's how I'm going to win the league. So my decision-making is everyone else has basically a similar team to me and they've got Van Dyke, and I've got the same as them and I've got Son and if this is I don't think this is sustainable Son needs to play very well to outperform a centre-back getting passing tiers possibly scoring headers and reliably getting clean sheets which when Liverpool put it together that will happen and so I need to watch a lot of Spurs play really comprehend and understand how the system is playing this season and why things are looking a little bit different and a little bit flatter in that middle kind of when we're talking about out wide they look amazing out wide Perisic has been great Sesson Young looks great Emerson Real looks way better than the, that last season Kulusevsky looks as amazing as he was last season all that looks fine in the middle of the park it looks stodgy and clumpy and not quite as slick and I, and I want to watch more and more and more to understand why. It might just be that people know what they're trying to do a little bit more this season. It might be that defences are more fearful of them. But I think, I don't, put it this way, I don't think any game before I've ever seen a defence play Spurs and have a four-back with a free man with the quality of Reese James just following Son around. I've never seen something that happen before. Normally, that kind of thing happens, but it's a four-back with a DM sitting on Kane. And so I think the, the thought process changing to want to nullify the penetration of Son rather than nullify the passing of Kane will mean that Kane will probably still get as many goals as he got last year, but Son might struggle. And so far, that looks not impossible to be the likelihood. So I'm a bit worried about that, but I'm, I'm going to you know keep doing my eye tests and stuff. Doherty, I swore by him and I called Perisic old and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you listen to me, but Doherty still has not played. Oh, he still hasn't started a game. He's played three minutes this season. So I'm not I'm not ecstatic about it, that's for sure. And uh, Emerson Real looking good is also not helpful for us at all. Emerson Real's end ball isn't amazing. He's got one of those um, Adama Traore right foots. 
But um, yeah, I, 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 if Doherty's not playing games, you can't say that the stock's doing anything really, but it's certainly not going up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, next I've got Koulibaly, red card. He's just going to miss a game. But after that, he's probably just as good an option as he was before. Chelsea in general were awful. And um, not awful. They walked into it. They walked into that game expecting it to be easy. You could tell from how they carried themselves. And it's always nice seeing a really thoughtful and, and principled manager. Everything work well. The pressing, the intensity, the 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 lines of engagement. It was just, it was all very, very Jesse Marsh. And it was nice to see him do his wee huddle with his with his um substitutes when they scored. So yeah, I enjoy Jesse March. The other person I want to see stock rising, actually, just to quickly mention, I think keep an eye on Pascal Struck. Just keep an eye on him. 7.4 million. He's got tackles tiered every game. And if that is something that exists, I just keep an eye on it. They won't keep in a, a ton of clean sheets, but when they do, you're looking at like a, an 11 point haul for someone that costs 7.4 million. Albeit, that doesn't sound amazing if you don't already own Saliba, because that should definitely be your priority. But I think Struck, yeah, just keep an eye on him, I guess would be the only thing. He's got an assist as well. Uh, and lastly, uh, West, well, second to last, West Ham have zero points and zero goals and zero clean sheets in three games, including playing the newly promoted Nottingham Forest in that time. So, yeah, don't know how you guys feel about it, but Brighton looked really good this season, don't get me wrong, but West Ham have to be disappointed with how the season's gone so far. You were worried that they'd start the game a bit, the start of the season a bit, flat-footed with just how thin their squad was last season and how many games they had to play. It could just be that they've all got the wind knocked out of them a little bit, but it has looked poor and I think they're capable of much better, so I think I'm going to be steering wide of pretty much all their players until there's a reason to go back there. And then last but not least in today's video, Aston Villa. Do I have any thoughts or feelings about Aston Villa? No. It's like I said, they don't have the personnel to do the system. And so it all looks very stop-start. There's a lack of fluidity. A lot of their goals just feel like they kind of happen, like kind of moments of individual brilliance from Danny Ings, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you can't rely on the ingenuity of a striker just like in any moment when the ball bobbles up off a centre-back's heel and he finishes it. Like, you're not going to finish top half if that's your goal and so I, again I'll, I'll be steering pretty clear of all Villa assets apart from Kamara because we don't really care if they win or lose for Kamara to be honest we just need the passes and the tackles so yeah that's that's where my head is at and uh, yeah hopefully I'll be back atop the nine inch males league next time I speak to you but uh, I forgot to say to like and subscribe again like and subscribe, please. If you've made it this far, like and subscribe. I will see you later this week with my watch list. I'm just making a watch list video of the first month of the season. I think is very telling. Well, we're only three weeks in, but you know what I mean. Um, it's a good sample size. It's better than we have had last week. So yeah, I'm gonna make a little watch list and we'll talk through some of the players. 
Uh, thank you very much and speak to you soon.